Hey, this is John Morgan. I'm the lead pastor here at Word of Life Church in the nation's capital. I want to personally thank you for taking time out to listen to our podcast today. It's our prayer that you're inspired and that your life is changed for the better while listening. So go ahead, enjoy today's message. Thank you so much uh, for being here tonight on a Wednesday night. Gosh, I grew up in church when we, uh, when we went to church, you know, like nine days a week. I don't know if any of you remember that. And then we had revival nights. It wasn't just like one night a week. It's like seven nights a week for three weeks. And the kids were dragging out of bed to go to school and go to work. But I just want to say a big thank you to you for putting forth the effort to come to the house of the Lord in the middle of your busy week and give him your time. And I pray that what we have to say tonight will be worth your, your time. Uh, you're in a safe place at this church. Everybody likes a safe place. And uh, if I may take a moment to say thank you to your pastors, uh, Pastor John and Dr. Anna, are just some of the most precious people that I know. And I'll share a little bit of our story tonight, but uh, my wife has battled cancer for a long time. In fact, 26 years, she's been fighting cancer. And the last 13 years has been a really tough battle. And I remember when I got the news 13 years ago that cancer had returned, John got on a plane, he flew to College Station, and he hung out at my house for several days, just like, I'm here, I'm not leaving, I just want to be with you. How many of you know, you know, friends like that are the kind of friends you're looking for, right? And so, you know, talking about friends, uh, true friends are important. Someone said that a true friend will come and bail you out of jail. Don't be so spiritual on me tonight, okay? Okay. <laughs> a true friend will come and bail you out of jail, but a real friend, they'll be sitting right next to you saying, man, that was fun. <laughs> okay, come on. All right. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a photo I want to show you. You know, when you know you're a grandparent, a true grandparent, when you don't show pictures of your kids, you show pictures of your grandkids. So... This is my lovely wife, Janet. We're celebrating 44 years this year together. And this is our eight grandchildren. And, uh, and I'm the husband in the back. So Maverick is our youngest grandson. He's 10 months old now. Maverick Reed. How about a name, huh? That's pretty cool. Our oldest is Layla on the left. Four girls, four boys. If you're a grandparent, you get it. If you're not a grandparent, you ain't living. But wait till you get there. It's the best. So, can we talk a little bit tonight? 28 years ago or so, Janet and I were at Windsor Castle in England. Uh, we weren't there to meet with the Queen. But I came upon a statement ingrained in stone on the wall as I was walking through that castle. I want you to listen carefully because what it has to say, it will set the tone for our time together tonight. And here's what it said. 
I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread into the unknown. And he said, go out into the darkness and take the hand of God. That will be better for you than a light and safer than a known way. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread into the unknown. And he said, go out into the darkness and take the hand of God. That will be better for you than a light and safer than a known way. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I don't like that verse, but it's a real verse. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. James chapter 2, verse 17, I'm reading from the New King James. It says, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Verse 26, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Living by faith is not always safe. Walking out our daily lives by faith is not always safe. In fact, it means embracing the tension between our questions and our obedience to God. I had no idea 28 years ago how important the wisdom of this statement that I read to you would become for our lives. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a life that I may tread into the unknown. He said, go out into the darkness and take the hand of God. That'll be better for you than a light and safer than a known way. Some of you, I believe tonight, are struggling with recurring tests of your belief systems as a Christian. Perhaps it's either a faith issue and you may not be really sure that God can be trusted. Or you simply have a misunderstanding of what the Bible has to say about living by faith. In other words, you're not exactly sure what God expects of you as a follower of Jesus. So let me explain it this way. Some of you struggle with self-discipline and consistency to exercise our faith, which can be perceived as laziness or a lack of priorities or a, a lack of concern. Living by faith means praying bold prayers. So I'm here to ask you tonight, are you playing it safe when it comes to obeying God? Are you willing to take bold risks for him or will you continue to play it safe in this journey that we're on? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. For we must believe that he is who he says he is and that he rewards those who diligently seek after him. Living by faith is not always safe. Walking life out in faith is a daily trust that my life is in God's hands. 
And I'm not sure where it will lead, but whatever happens, I'm standing firm in my faith because I'm staying in God's hands, which is the safest place that I can be. I want us to look at two Bible stories to help us see a picture of what I'm wanting to get across to you tonight. And here's my first story. It's first Samuel chapter 14 and God's people are hiding in caves from their enemy, the Philistines. And Jonathan, the son of the king is tired of running and hiding. So he has this conversation with his armor bearer and he convinces him to join him in a two person raid on a military outpost of the Philistine army. And here's what it says. Jonathan said, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. I heard y'all talked about that this week. Fewer church on Sunday. We won't go there tonight, but your pastor does a good job of that. Jonathan said, let's go to these out, this outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder him from saving us. I want you to think about that. Perhaps the Lord's going to act on our behalf. And I know he can. And I know he's able. And maybe he will. Stay with me. So if you're trying to convince me to join you in doing something bold and courageous and dangerous, I'd like something better than maybe it'll work. In one breath, Jonathan offers two opposing positions. He says, nothing can hinder the Lord from saving us and maybe he will. This is the tension we must embrace if we're to live out a life of faith. Read Hebrews chapter 11 and most of those heroes of faith that we call them never saw the thing they were, dream they were dreaming of, but it didn't stop them from moving toward that. Jonathan is saying what most of us say, I know God is able and I Hope that he does. I know he can, and I'm pretty sure that he will, but I can't be completely certain how things are going to work out. Because living by faith is not always safe. Let me be clear. Faith is not the absence of uncertainty. Are you listening to me tonight? Okay, give me a little feedback. Let me know you're still here. Faith is not the absence of uncertainty. 26 years ago, Janet, at the age of 37, was diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer, and it was in the lymph nodes, and here we went, and we thought we had it all taken care of three or four years. We got through it. We thought she was going to be great. Our boys were 12 and 7. We were excited. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was 37, pastoring a church. We'd been 10 years starting our church, and here she was fighting cancer now, and I had two little boys, and we got through it, and I thought, God is good. It's going to be great, and then and 13 years ago, 
It came back with a vengeance and she has fought and fought and she's with me in town tonight, but she's in the hotel just because she comes with me. She gets on the plane. I take good care of her, but she's like, I just, with chemo, it's nonstop for 10 and a half years, nonstop chemotherapy. Her body is just wore out, but she's still alive. I want to tell you we're living by faith and I'm just here to say, Faith is not the absence. I'm saying that to you to give you some context. Okay? Faith is not the absence of uncertainty. It simply believes that God's promises are bigger than my perhaps. Perhaps, perhaps means there is uncertainty, but perhaps also means there is a possibility. And we all must accept that in the land of faith and bold prayers is where promises and perhaps coexist. I know God is able and I hope he does. Faith is the substance of something I hope for, but I haven't yet seen it. I know he can, and maybe he will, because living by faith is not always safe. Here's a second story. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, the three Hebrew boys, as we know them as, had been ordered by King Nebuchadnezzar to bow and worship the idol that he had built for himself. And if they refused, they would be thrown into the furnace of fire that had been heated up 10 times hotter. If you know the Bible story, you know what I'm talking about. And here's what they said. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Can you hear their courage and their faith and their resolve? We don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. They could probably smell the smoke and feel the heat. Think about it. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And it's for sure that he will rescue us from your hand. But I want you to notice what he says. They said, but even if he doesn't, I wonder how many of us are in this place tonight where we're living this life of faith, but we're really confused and we're frustrated because this is where we find ourselves in the tension between I know God can and I hope that he does. And walking by faith is exactly that. It's walking every day, trusting God, saying my life is in your hands and I don't know for certain how tomorrow is going to play out, but I know you're not going to leave me and abandon me or let me alone. I'm not by myself. I'm not going to be by myself. You are walking with me. And as long as I hold your hand, that's the safest place I can be going out into the darkness and taking the hand of God. That's better for you than a life and safer than a known way. But we don't like that because we like to know what's going to happen. And the life of faith, you don't always know. It's learning to trust God implicitly. And when you talk about faith, this is where that really is put to the test. And they said, even if he doesn't, we're not going to serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. God is able. And even if he doesn't rescue us, we will, we will trust him no matter 
Walking out a life of faith creates this tension that we simply have to learn to struggle through. In these past 13 years of preaching and teaching, 26 years at large, as a whole, preaching all of these years as a pastor, as a leader about faith and trusting God, it's been put to the test. And I've had to realize, you know what, God, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but every time we turn around, there's a new answer. And every time we turn around, God takes us a little farther. We've been to the to dead ends. Well, let me just pause. Let me just say it this way. So, Four years ago, Pastor John will remember this. I called him and we were, we headed down to a center in Houston called the MD Anderson Cancer Clinic. It's the largest medical facility for cancer that we know of in the South. And we were, we went there and we didn't know what to do. Our oncologist had walked into the hospital room where Janet was and said, I, I, we've used every chemo I know. There's no, there's no tests. There's no studies. We're, I don't know what else to do. So we went to MD Anderson, we got a little answer there and God helped us. And here four years later, we're, we're still here. We're still back. He was given up four years ago. And just a few weeks ago, listen to this. I was standing on the front row in church like we're in tonight. And God spoke to me to pray for our oncologist. His name is Dr. Terry Jenkins. And he's a God-fearing man, but he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't leave outside of his medical mindset for years to talk to us. He knew we were pastors, but he stayed in that doctor. You know, I can't get emotionally involved in my patients. I, I got to stay in the doctor mode. And he stayed there until a few years ago when he finally broke and he said, Janet, I don't know what to do and I need to trust God. Well, just a few weeks ago, standing on the front row of church, I felt to pray for Dr. Jenkins that God would give him revelation knowledge right? That God would speak to him and tell us, what do we need to do? God, show us something. And so we got back home and I called him on the phone that Tuesday. We had been out of town. I was preaching somewhere that weekend when this happened. And I called him on the phone on Monday when we got back home. And I said, Dr. Jenkins, I prayed for you this weekend. Thousands of people prayed for you that God would speak to you. And he began to weep on the phone. And he began to say, thank you so much for that. I'm trying to get you into a little bit of this story because sometimes your pain and your tension and your wrestling with God in your faith is not always just about you, but God has something else he wants to do through you. And we quote the scripture that all things work for good. And we sound really encouraged about that until all things are not really working for good. We talk about living by faith until all of a sudden our faith is being tested and we're, we're in a situation where if God doesn't show up, it's going to be over. If God doesn't show up, I don't know the way out. Come on, somebody. You got to realize that's in the moment where faith rises up the most when you know if God is not in this, it's going to be a mess. And I know you can, God. I know you're able. I know you can do it. And I hope you do. And I prayed for him and on the phone and he wept. And I will tell you just about uh, six weeks ago, Janet was at chemotherapy and it's a room, you know, that holds about 30 chairs and people come in, get their IVs all hooked up. And I don't know if you ever, if you don't know anything about that world, I hope you never have to deal with it. But if you know a little bit about it, you sit in there and I've spent hours, 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 hours in this room. And I, 
I got Janet going. She got all hooked up. It's going to be a three-hour deal. She's getting her chemo. Again, this is about six weeks ago. While we were standing there or sitting there in that chemo room, a young couple walked in. And when they walked in, I looked at them and I, I saw the age of this couple and immediately emotion flooded in my heart. Just tears. I couldn't stop them. They came up and I looked at this couple and I saw Janet and I 26 years ago when we walked in that chemo place for the first time. And here we were, 37 years old, walking in to get chemotherapy. Here comes this couple. I couldn't help it. A few minutes, I walked over and said, how you guys doing? Have you been here before? He said, it's our first time. He's 37 years old, and she was 39 years old. I said, I don't know right where you're at. They got three little boys, and we begin to use that moment to love on them and to just be, befriend them and encourage them. And a few minutes later, I had to leave. And Janet got up and went over, started praying over them. And the whole chemo place, the nurses came by. What I'm trying to tell you guys is sometimes in your journey, you got to get outside of yourself and you got to realize that this is not just about what I'm going through, but the good is going to come when God uses you in your pain. He uses you through your pain and he blesses other people and he encourages other people. Walking out a life of faith creates a tension that we simply have to learn to struggle through. Some of you are asking God to rescue you when he's trying to get you to stand in your faith. You cannot break the baby chick out of that shell as it's pecking its way and that shell's moving around and it's pecking. I took her kids to the Houston rodeo a couple of weeks ago, a couple of Fridays ago, had all my grandkids. And we went over to that big incubator. They have all of that stuff. And there's little chicks being hatched. And those little eggs, they're moving around. And you want to like, then they start get their little beak out. And then they're trying to get one wing out. Anybody ever seen what I'm talking about? Maybe y'all are all city people and don't have any farmers around here. I don't know. But that, little, you know, that little wing will be out or one, one foot will be out. And you're like, I need, to, I, need to, I need to help it out. But if you break open the shell and the chick doesn't go through the struggle of getting itself free, the neck and the muscles will not be developed and it'll come out. If you help it out of that shell, it will not have the strength to feed itself and to get up. And it's the tension and the struggle of being in that shell that prepares it for what's about to come. And I think too many times, some of us are praying, God, I need a miracle. I need you to rescue me. And God says, I think I'm going to leave you right where you're at because you need to learn how to live by faith. And if I rescue you, you'll find yourself back in that same situation again. But if I can teach you and you can learn to stand in your faith, it'll make you stronger. There'll be courage. There'll be boldness. There'll be something come over you that the next time something happens, you can speak to that because you've been through a thing and you can talk about a thing. So what God is asking of you will not always feel safe. Faith requires risk. I used to not want to use that word with faith, like risk. I'm trusting God. There's no risk. I beg to differ with you. There's a huge risk. 
Let's, let's just call it what it is. But it's faith. Faith requires risk and faith requires obedience. But, but I just don't see how we can do this or I just don't see how this can happen. I know because faith is hope that is not yet seen. If you see it, you don't need any faith for it. It is trusting God and being obedient even when it doesn't make sense. But, but Pastor Danny, I'm afraid. Is, is fear a sign that I don't have faith? Absolutely not. It's not wrong if you feel fear. It's wrong if you let fear have the last word. Courage Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is pushing past your fear and moving toward uh, the, the answer, moving forward anyway. That's what courage is. I'm just going to keep pressing on. So Janet, she'll get up on a Sunday morning and, you know, she's lost her hair like, like four times in this journey. She's lost all her hair. She's, it's, it looks like bird feathers right now. It's about that long. You ever seen a little baby bird? The bird feather? Y'all here tonight? Okay, thank you. Just, I know I'm, I'm, I'm a new kid on the block, but just w work with me a little bit. Her hair is about that long and it's fuzzy. It looks like little bird feathers, you know, little fuzzy feathers before they really become feathers. And I get to rub my hand on it every night, tell her how beautiful she is and kiss her. And so, so four times in this, four times in this journey, I've, I've had the, the opportunity to take clippers when her hair was falling out and it looked like then she looks really scraggly because it's like thin and long hair and and shave her head off i bet most husbands don't have that opportunity in your lifetime four times but she'll get up on a sunday morning and she'll get her her little false eyelashes on you know you know what i'm talking about and she'll put her makeup on and then she'll go grab one of those you know, someday she's a blonde, someday she's a red, and someday she's, no, not good, mostly blonde. Some days long hair, some days short. I'm like, man, I don't know what woman I'm going to get. What other man gets to do that and still be married? Huh? Did you hear what I said? Some of you guys, yeah, this spice it up a little bit. I mean, hey, we've been married 44 years. Come on, baby. <laughs> Just because we only had two sons doesn't mean we didn't like what caused all of that. We got adults in here only mostly, hopefully. Okay, keep it PG. But that sweet little wife, she'll get, she'll get fixed up. And I wish you could have come tonight. She was planning on it. But she's just in a tough spell. And she got on the plane and came with me anyway, as I said. But she'll fix herself up. She'll walk in that church. And she'll press on anyway. Last night, last night I got to put her nails on for her. I got those, you know, those nails, you know. Guys, y'all ever do that? Come on now. I ain't the only one here putting nails on her. What, what's the matter with y'all? Some of you guys better suck it up, man. Come on. I'm telling you. I, I'd already gotten in bed. She said, honey, I'm going to put these nails on. Can you help me? And, and so this is not meant for you to feel sorry, but let me tell you, her, part of her journey has been muscular tumors. They're all in her neck and her spine and all back through here, as well as her liver and lung and everywhere else. But this part has caused her hand in the last six years, her left, she's lost the use of her left arm and hand. It's all drawn up like this and she can't lift her arm out. She can lift 
her elbow, but that's it. So she, she only has one hand, and she's trying to do the, this is why I have to help her. She doesn't have that other hand. She's trying to do this, and it hurts, and she's trying to put those eyelashes on. What I'm trying to tell you is sometimes you just got to, courage is not the absence of fear. You just got to get up and push on in and just keep on going in hopes that God is going to show up like you want him to. And if he doesn't show up like you want him to, you have to know the safest place you can be is in his hand. I could tell you so many stories. One of the the ones she's, well, let me just keep going. I'll come back to that. Those who accomplish big things for God are not the people who feel the least fear. Those who accomplish big things for God are not the people who feel the least amount of fear. In fact, often they're the ones who deal with it most. As a leader, I can tell you I've had a lot of fear, but I know in whom I'm trusting. And one of the things that I think we have to learn as a believer, hear hear me if you hear nothing else, is to learn to trust God no matter. And that is, that is a tough, that's a tough call. That's a tough call. I just sense that there's some of you maybe here tonight, you know, we, I, I grew up in a Pentecostal home. My dad went to heaven October the 5th, 85 years old, a pastor many years. In fact, last month, the church my dad found, I was 12 and dad started a church and my youngest brother now pastors that church 50 years ago. I have three younger brothers. All four of us are pastors. Now our two sons are pastors. I'm grateful for that, okay? My, my, point, my, my point in telling you that is I get it. I understand walking by, I get church. I understand faith. I understand Pentecostalism. Man, let the fire fall. I love all of it. I'm in, I'm in bring it on. But when it all boils down, it's, it, it's, you got to decide who you're going to trust. When you walk out of this building and the real world hits you in the face as you're driving home, or you get like I did last night, got home, got in bed in the, at the hotel, and she said, can you, put, can you put these nails on? And I was, ready, I was almost out. And I got up and said, I sure can. Because I don't know what she's been through, but God was able to use me to bless her. One of those nails fell off in the night, and this morning I had to put it back on right there, that one right there. Where is it at? I don't know. I feel it under here somewhere, she said. Can we be real? That's what I'm trying to say tonight. Is courage is not the absence of fear. I was, I was scared 26 years ago when we drove to our city of College Station for the first time with a three-year-old son and $800 in our pocket to start a church. I was scared 36 years ago. I was 26 years old when that happened. I'm 40 now. Just want to make sure you're listening, okay? (laughs) I I was scared when that doctor said stage four metastatic breast cancer. And Janet was 37 years old. I was really scared 13 years ago when cancer came raging back. But don't let fear stop your faith or your trust in God. 
Can you hear me tonight? I know he's able and I hope he does it. And until then, we will endure. We will wait. We will work. We will pray. We will love. We will lead. We will worship. We'll do what he's called us to do in spite of all of our fear. You just get up and you press on, put your hair on, put your eyelashes on, put your lipstick on, get up, grab the Bible, put your jacket on and say, it may be hell on the inside. And I don't know why things are going on, but my walk of faith is putting one foot in front of the other and saying, God is good. And I don't know how certain the outcome is going to be, but I know that holding on to him is the best place that I can stay. Can we worship the Lord right now? Come on, somebody. Lift your hands to Jesus. Instead of letting fear disable your dreams, increase your capacity for faith and risks. Well, how do I increase my capacity for faith? How do I do that? You act on the part of God's direction that you understand. Listen to me. How do I, how do I act and increase? How do I increase the capacity of my faith? Act on the part of God's direction you understand and leave the rest to him. You embrace the tension of, I know he can, and perhaps he will. How do I trust God and stand in my faith when it doesn't feel safe? You simply, you simply step into the fear. You take the chance and you obey God, knowing that whatever the outcome, he'll be there with you and he'll take care of you. You resolve to keep believing God until his promises outgrow your perhaps. I think sometimes in my experience being around church my whole life, some of us think it's a lack of faith to talk about our fears and our perhaps. And I got to tell you, some of us just need to come to terms with, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I know who I'm following. I can tell you, I can tell you a true experience where I stood in my dressing closet 13 years ago and we were going to get the results of that first PET scan when we knew something was going on that had returned, that cancer, something was happening. And I stood in that closet and then I fell to my knees. I couldn't stop the tears. Janet had already walked out and I was reminded of what Peter said. Jesus had told the crowd, he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And the crowd walked away and Jesus turned to his disciples and said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You gonna, why are you here? Are you here for the dog and pony show? Are you just here for the mirror? What are you here for? Are you really following me? Because it's going to cost you to follow me. And it was Peter who blurted out. And these are the words that just came out of my spirit. Peter said, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Sometimes you have to get to the place in your dressing closet where you just fall on the floor and you're like, God, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right with you and you're going to lead me through this. Come hell or high water, I'm going to follow you. No matter, no matter, no matter. But, but what if God doesn't show up like I want or expect or hope him to? You stand strong on what he has said in his word and you keep believing that. This is when you learn to 
to live by faith and keep believing for what hasn't yet happened, but you hope for it and hope that it will come. Bold faith is about trusting God in the middle of your situation, especially when we don't know how it's all going to work out. I'll ask Russell Twan if your team would come. So let me let me end tonight with asking you what what act of bold obedience is God asking you to take? In what area of your life are you playing it safe when it comes to obeying God? I think I have faith. <laughs> I can hear Janet time and again. She grew up in church too and she didn't grow up in ministry but grew up in the house of the Lord and I can hear when she's like, man, honey, I'm, I'm not sure. Do, do I, all this is happening to, is this a sign I don't have faith? Is this, is this why I'm battling this sickness? I'm like, what's that got to do with it? If the devil could make you sick, he'd make everybody sick. Can I get a witness, somebody? The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the full. This is not a lack of faith. You're just human. Anybody human in the room? Just, just human. And sometimes, sometimes my self-talk will, will lie to me. My self-talk. That's why you got to get back to the word of God. You, you, you can't let your self-talk play over and over those negative vibes. You, you got to... So I was... I told the staff yesterday, there's a song and, and I, I've been singing it. There's, we're going to sing one of them tonight. There's a song that I shared with the staff yesterday. It's, it's about, come on my soul. Don't you go shy on me. I'm trying to get all the words. <laughs> there's a lion in you. Get up and praise the Lord. There's a lion in your lungs. And so sometimes you just got to get up in spite of all of and say, we're just going to start by praising the Lord right now. What does it look like? Quit looking at what it looks like and just start lifting up praises to the Lord and praise yourself into a happy place. Sometimes you just got to worship yourself into a happy place. And a song that's been a real blessing to me, I hope it's going to be a help to you. I want us to sing it tonight. And it's going to be new for you, but we're going to learn it together. And it says, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my trust in Jesus. He's never let me down. <laughs> I, I like the second verse. It says, it says, I still have joy in chaos. <laughs> I forgot the rest of the word there. <laughs> My mind, when you preach it, you got to think a minute. I still have joy in chaos. I have peace that makes no sense. Can you get there tonight? In the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the confusion Russell can we sing it tonight and I want you that are maybe struggling in your faith right now 
Just listen to these words and make it a part of your prayer. And if you feel like standing, if you feel like coming to the front, if you feel like worshiping God, I want you to give him. I want you to give him that challenge, that faith, that issue. I want you to let your faith begin to build right now.